This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. That little promo on the way back was our version, I guess, of Hillbilly Headlines. Uh, and that's a perfect way to bring in Ryan McGee of ESPN. Marty McGee on the SEC Network and the radio and he's got books, and he covers football, and he covers racing. The new book is called Welcome to the Circus of Baseball, a story of the perfect summer at the perfect ballpark at the perfect time. Mr. McGee, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm, uh, it's great to talk to you. And, yeah, it's, um, here in Charlotte, it's a, it's a beautiful spring day, and, um, you know, it's not 150 degrees yet. It's kind of perfect <laughs> minor league weather so i'm glad to talk about minor league baseball it is it is and north carolina is probably more than any other state in the united states maybe california uh in terms of the number of minor league cities and your your book is based on your year uh as an intern with the Asheville tourists but there's something and you grew up in raleigh there is something about minor league baseball and the state of north carolina yeah, and, and it's honestly, it's why I love it so much. I mean, you know, my, my dad, you know, I wrote a book with my dad a couple of years ago, and, and you know, dad was a, was a college baseball player in East Carolina. My brother, you know, walked on at Wake. We're a baseball house. And so, you know, if you wanted to go see the Atlanta Braves, I mean, that's a trip, right? You're, you're, you're booking, I mean, you're, that's a hotel room. And if you yeah. want to go to Baltimore, that's, that's a trip. But if you wanted to go see the Burlington Indians or – you want to get down to Kinston or you want to go to Fayetteville or Asheville or even over to Martinsville, Virginia and Danville and Richmond. I mean, from Raleigh, we were kind of epicenter, man, you know, and of course the bulls were there and the mudcats moved there when we were living there. And so, yeah, it was just easy to get to. And so that's where my obsession with minor league baseball, it, it continues to this day. I've been to 129 minor league ballparks. And, you serious? and I, I book my travel around it. Like when I'm booking, I'm booking trips for the summer for ESPN. And the first thing I'm doing is looking at the minor league schedule. And that started, you know, again in Raleigh, it'd be, it'd be a Wednesday night, Wednesday afternoon. And dad would get the, the news observer out and go, well, you know, the, uh, the Fable generals are home. We never been there and we get in the car and go, you know, or, 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 you know, go to Asheville, go to Burlington, go where, you know, Greensboro, Winston-Salem, wherever. And so, yeah, living there, um, I mean, we even dad used to work at Gardner Webb, uh, right. co- university college back then, back in the, when I was a little bitty guy in the seventies, we had a minor league baseball team in Shelby with the Shelby yeah. pirates that played at Shelby <laughs> high school. And so, yeah, that's what I grew up with. And, and it's why my, my obsession with it continues to this day. So you end, Ryan McGee from ESPN is joining us here on the Adam gold show. When, when you first got out of school, and you tried to get a gig with ESPN. That that didn't uh, that didn't fly. Uh, what what essentially landed you with Asheville? Yeah, I write about it in the book. I, I was fortunate enough right out of college to uh, get an interview at ESPN. They were just starting ESPN two and needed people. Uh, but I bombed my interview so bad. I mean, it was awful. They asked me all these I, hockey questions, and this is pretty, this is obviously this pre hurricanes. The Whalers were still in Hartford and. They're talking to me about the Seattle Mariners pitching rotation. I mean, everything that didn't have a Southern accent on purpose, they were asking me. (laughs) But all of my friends and colleagues and mentors were like, get to the winter meetings. And baseball's winter meetings to this day have been this way for 100 years. 
it's it's the off-season baseball convention, and there's kind of three aspects to it. There's the business meeting part of it for the for the people involved in baseball. There's the uh, you know the trade show that where everybody's trying Morgana the Kissing Bandit and people selling peanuts and all that. They're trying to get you to, to book them for their for your ballpark. And then there's the job fair part of it. And so I went to I went to Atlanta with my awful cassette tapes of me trying to do high school you know football play by play, looking for a radio play by play job. And big surprise, uh, no one wanted someone with my accent to be the voice of their baseball team. <laughs> but I did land a hundred dollar a week internship with the Asheville Tourists. First of all, Red Barber was Southern. Yeah, Lindsey Nelson, my my all time favorite ball player, actually taught at Tennessee. I know you're a Tennessee guy. Uh, yeah. He he taught at Tennessee after his career was over. I mean, all these guys. They were, Ernie Harwell was from Atlanta. What are we talking Mel about? Allen. Mel Allen, the right. voice of the Yankees. Yeah. And so, so my feeling was, all right, you know, I can do it. But, but, but keep in mind now, this is the this is the '90s, and in the 1990s, if you didn't sound like Tom Brokaw, like if you didn't sound <laughs> just straight, flat Midwestern, you know, no dialect, then right. uh, you probably were not going to have a chance, or unless you just sounded like you know, just a straight up, you know, New York Yankee. But it was uh, in those days. It just was not. That was not an option, even for you know Southern minor league teams. But yeah, but but the Asheville Tourists, uh, they offered me a hundred dollar a week job. I took it, and uh, and the idea was, hey, maybe we might start a radio network, and if we do, we'd like for you to help us with that. And uh, they didn't. Uh, they have one now. And I tell you, the funny part is the whole the whole point was I want to be the voice of the Asheville Tourists and do Asheville Tourists baseball on the radio. And I didn't get a chance, you know, 30 years ago, but I threw out the first pitch in Asheville last Thursday for their opening night to promote the book. And uh, and part of that was going to be I was going to get to go up into the booth and call a couple of innings of Asheville Tourist Baseball, and the power went out in the press box. So oh, I kidding. still, to this day, 30 years later, have not called uh, so much as one pitch on the radio for the Asheville Tourist. Did you have a home run call? Uh, if it, what, know, one planned, obviously you didn't get a chance to do it. Did you have one planned? No, you know it's a good question. It, it, honestly, I was so obsessed with Tom Suter as a okay. uh, growing up that it probably I don't know what it would have been, but it would have been something. I probably would have worked Jamburger in there somehow, like <laughs> awkwardly for for a home run. Because I'm telling you, if you go back to if you, if you could go find a box full of VHS tapes from Inlow High School. Uh, back in the 80s, and I was uh, – I did a little bit of – we tried to do basketball games on the radio um, or, you know, or, or, or closed-circuit TV, and, and it was – it was gosh, I was so painfully trying to sound like Tom Suter, and um, I wasn't great at it. <laughs> Ryan McGee is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. The reason I asked about the home run call, this goes back – I'd probably only been here in uh, in town about two – maybe two years – uh, and the Mudcats invited me out to do an inning. So um, I think it was Pete Chopin was, uh, was the voice of the Mudcats awesome. at the time. Uh, and they invited me out to do an inning. And it was, we were just kind of, I mean, baseball, I grew up uh, playing and watching and pretending to be an, a baseball play-by-play guy. And so I had to have a home run call planned just in case. And sure enough, in my one inning, we got a home run. And my home run call was Kramer's giddy up from uh, from Seinfeld, and that I think that felt like lead on people 
but yeah. I can't believe oh, yeah. I remembered to do it. So yeah. that was well, my own little story. And, and, and it's funny, and you and I both over the years have worked with tremendous, you know, play-by-play sportscasters over the years, yeah. and and um and they'll tell you that when you try to think of it ahead of time, and you try to script it ahead of time, it comes off like you tried to think of it ahead of time, as opposed to just. Yep you know, reacting in the moment. But, you know, that being said, you know, uh, toward the end of the book and Welcome to the Circus Baseball, I, I did I did do one half inning of radio uh, with a team in, uh, in New Britain, Connecticut, back then the New Britain Red Sox. They're the, they're the Hartford Yard Goats now. And, uh, and you know, I did half of an inning, and I, as I was leaving the ballpark that night, um, they were doing a replay of the game on the radio, and I pulled over on the side of the road to listen and, I'll just say that that uh, the game of baseball is better off not having had Ryan McGee uh, in the booth trying to do play by play. I'm I'm going to disagree. Having not heard it, I'm going to disagree on this on on these grounds. There's something about minor league baseball, and I'm glad you spent the year in Asheville. And I I have I mean you I'm sure you can tell, and maybe even the listeners can. I have not seen a copy of the book yet. I know one's coming, um, and if I if it doesn't come, I'll I'll get it because I I know how you are going to write about your year uh, with the Taurus. There's something that is so wholesome about minor league baseball, uh, which for me as a baseball fan, uh, kind of mad the way major league baseball has treated the minor yep. leagues. And they're, and they're just taking cities away from, from that, which ultimately hurt those cities too. But I, there's nothing polished about minor league baseball. And that's the way it's supposed to be. The Savannah Bananas, you're you're familiar with them. Those guys, that's the way minor league baseball should almost be. Well, it's just what minor league baseball is, and that's what, you know, yes, my book is about me in a particular summer with a particular team in a particular ballpark. But what it really is is a love letter to what you're talking about, which is what makes minor league baseball unique in the world, let alone the world of sports. And, you know, we get so obsessed. You know, you know, I cover college football, and it's all yep. right now. It's transfer portal and NIL and rules changes and whatever else. And, you know, in the NBA, it's teams throwing it, throwing games at the end of the season to try to get a better draft pick. And it's, you know, it's arrests. And, you know, it's, it's you know, Daniel Snyder having to sell the Redskins. It's something like that all the time. When you go to a minor league baseball game, none of that is there. None of that matters. And people don't even really, at the minor league baseball level, they don't even really care if the team's any good, where they are in the standings. You know, if it's late in the year and they got a chance to win the, you know, the Carolina League or whatever, fine. But in the middle of the summer, it is, we would call baseball the national pastime. And that is so true in minor league baseball. It's the one place in sports where you can just chill. You just, yep. it takes t- t- about five bucks to get in. You're probably going to see something you've never seen before. And you see this cast of characters straight out of The Simpsons, like I write about, you know, in my book. Adam Gold in studio with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. What in your mind is the biggest challenge we face heading to retirement? Having income enabled us to not have to go to work, right? So when you get to retirement, you need the money from somewhere. We're supposed to be building our money as we work, putting it aside, 401k, whatever, 403b, TSP. But we need to translate that lump sum that we have into a lifetime income. We put together lifetime income plans showing you what your guaranteed lifetime income will be. The next 10 people, we'll do it for them at no cost. At no cost. Yep. Eight 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 four three zero zero one three, or text Adam to six hundred seven hundred, and you can just chill. And, and, and to me, it's kind of the last place left in sports where you can just be. 
And and that's the beauty of minor league baseball. And that's really what the book is about. But you're right, Major League Baseball, for folks who don't know, uh, two years ago took over management um, of minor league baseball and immediately shut down 40 teams. And they're probably going to shut down more. I was in Asheville last week. Asheville had to raise more than $30 million to save the team. They had been told, if you don't do this, 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 and this to the ballpark, we're pulling your team. They've had a team at McCormick Field since 1924. And so the hope is that the, the people who run Major League Baseball will actually leave Rockefeller Center, which is where they're headquartered, and go to Zebulon and go to Kinston and go to Rancho Cucamonga and go to Lansing and go to Amarillo and go to these places to see how much these teams mean to these towns because it's so much a part of their identity. Can you imagine Durham without the Bulls? Can nope. you imagine Asheville without the tourists? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine Hickory without the crawdads? You can't. Yeah. But I think it's it's a lot easier to make that decision staring at a spreadsheet instead of actually going out and experiencing it. So I hope that people at Major League Baseball, um, you know, will actually get on a plane and go to some of these places instead of just, you know, getting a Sharpie out and just, you know, Xing out teams. Was there a star who played at Asheville the year you were – a future star? There are no stars necessarily in the Carolina League. But uh, was there a future star that you saw in that one year? We had about 40 players come through that summer, and three made it to the big leagues. There were no stars. This was not a good baseball team. Uh, now, there was a guy named Jamie Wright, and Jamie Wright was our nucleus. This was a Colorado Rockies affiliate. Jamie was a first-round draft pick. He had a six-figure signing bonus. And Jamie pitched in the big leagues almost 20 years for, like, 15 different yeah. teams. And John Thompson, uh, who Braves fans will remember, was an integral part of some of their division-winning teams. You know, in the early 2000s, John Thompson was on our team. And then we had a guy named Edgar Velasquez, who later changed his name to Edgar Clemente because he was Roberto Clemente's nephew. Oh, and my. Didn't speak, didn't speak a word of English and was about 18 years old. And his, his locker was completely wallpapered with pictures of Roberto Clemente. And, and our pitching coach was a guy named Jack LeMave. And Jack had played with Roberto in Pittsburgh and said, you know, that's Roberto Clemente's nephew. And he didn't want to get special treatment. So he changed his name to Velasquez. But I will say that a couple years later, he changed it back to Clemente and got called up to the big leagues like two weeks later. So he probably should have leaned into that. But but the biggest star in the South Atlanta League that year was uh, Jermaine Dye. Jermaine Dye was playing for okay. the Macon Braves, and, uh, and it was very obvious that, that he was going to be a big deal. But the biggest star in baseball was Michael Jordan. And um, Michael bright. Jordan was in Birmingham in A. We actually sold out all of our games that summer against the Hickory Crawdads on the off chance that Michael might be demoted at some point. And, uh, yeah, it was – I saw him playing Greenball. I write about it in the book. I never saw the Beatles. Um, right. I did take my daughter to see the Jonas Brothers. I've never heard screaming like I heard the night that I saw Michael Jordan uh, stroke a single and steal a base in Greenville, South Carolina. Ryan McGee, before I let you go, uh, I go back. Michael Jordan hit like 217 in his year with the Birmingham Barons. And I don't think people understand how great it is for somebody who hadn't played baseball for like 15 years, organized baseball, to step on a professional field at the AA level where still a lot of teams have a lot of prospects and be that successful. Like, that isn't bad uh, for no. the, for not having played any minor league baseball, uh, any professional, any, any organized ball for, you know, 15 years or so. The best part of that is, in fact, I still have it. I still have the, the media guide. I never throw anything away, as my wife will tell you. And I still have <laughs> the media guide. 
for the Hickory Crawdads and the Birmingham Barons that summer. And every other player in the book, their biography is all about they were drafted here and they played college baseball here or they did this in the big leagues. And Michael Jordan's bio was that he won Mr. Baseball in some Dixie Youth League in Wilmington when he was 12 years old. <laughs> that was all yeah. they had. I, I tell you about Michael, like that night I saw him playing Greenville. He had a base hit, stole a base, was caught stealing one time. I don't know how he hit it at night simply because of the camera flashes. Every single pitch in a night game was like a strobe light. All the camera flashes that went off. So it was already hard enough to hit it. And when I saw him in April in the first month of the season, he was still hitting. He was on like a 12-game hitting streak and was hitting 300. And it just had a big hit, you know, in an exhibition game against the Cubs. And so, yeah, there was still a chance. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, he say, he saved baseball that summer because that's also the summer that, that Major League Baseball went on strike. And so, Michael, the biggest star in baseball at any level was a basketball player. Yeah, and uh... – what, 20 years later, Tim Tebow uh, for yeah. uh, in the Mets system. And actually, until Tebow got hurt that summer, he was hitting over 300, and there was actually some talk that he might actually progress to the point where the Mets might call him up. Uh, yeah. Ryan McGee, I appreciate your time. We've got to get you to a hockey game. Yeah, no, I need to get there. You know, what's funny is when I moved to Connecticut to work for ESPN, uh, the Hartford Whalers were still in Hartford. And yep. I became a huge Sean Burke guy and all that. And then when I moved back to North Carolina, uh, the Whalers followed me down here. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I've always taken credit for the fact that, uh, that, that the Hurricanes are there. Well, come up here, wind the siren. I'm sure he, uh, the, uh, the Hurricanes would love to have you do it. Welcome to the Circus of Baseball, a story of the perfect summer at the perfect ballpark at the perfect time. Ryan McGee. Hey, thank you very much, man. I hope this book absolutely kills it. It's already discounted on Amazon, which means that it is. So uh, congratulations on that. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it, and I appreciate the time, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Ryan McGee from ESPN. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help Help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com.